Welcome to room 4216. I'm so glad you've come. Hi everyone, it's Pastor Dave. And Cecilia. It's good to be with you. It is. I especially am glad to be with you because I love this time of year. Oh, well, it, it, because it's cooler outside? Well, I do like the cool weather, but no, that's not why. Oh, I know. Football season. Uh, you love football. Love, I do, I do, I do love football. But nope, that's <laughs> not it either. Okay. Uh, oh, oh, I got it. Your birthday's coming up soon. Oh, shh, don't say that. <laughs> that's not it either. It's Coming up to Christmas. December is all about Christmas celebrations. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, you don't sound very happy about it at all. Well, you know, all the parties you get to go to. Uh, parties? Yeah. I haven't been invited to any parties that I know of. Oh. Well, you know, parties with your friends. Uh, uh Pastor Dave, I uh-huh. hate to say it, but most of my friends are online. I've never even met some of them in person. Oh, well, then does that mean you're kind of at your place kind of alone? Yeah, I am. Well, I bet on Christmas Day you'll be with somebody. Actually, I don't tell too many people that I'm going to be alone on Christmas. <laughs> Why? Because I honestly don't know whether... They'll invite me to be with their family because they really want me, or just out of pity. I'd Mm. rather not be pitied, thank you. Mm. Mm. Well, this time of year, I like the celebration also because you you can buy gifts for people to say, I love you. (laughs) Pastor Dave, please, be realistic. What, What do you mean? I can barely stay afloat sometimes. I live on a very limited income. Uh, Buying oh. gifts, it's either very cheap gifts or no gifts at all. Well, okay. But but then there's the, the decoration, the lights, and the Christmas tree. Uh, you need your eyesight checked. Oh, well, maybe. Uh, I can't see the lights and the trees and such. It's something in the sighted world that stir up the human heart. Hmm. So you really don't find a lot of reason to celebrate at this time of year, like I do, with all the things mentioned. You know, you kind of remind me of of somebody who uh, spoke in a similar way. When I was growing up, he was on TV. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them.
Oh, well, hmm, maybe I'm wrong on the way I look at Christmas. Well, now, now, wait a minute. I was just going to say, maybe I'm looking at Christmas the wrong way. Well, maybe we're both, both wrong? wrong? How about we uh, stop and take a look at Christmas, where it began, how it developed, and where and why it is it is today. The Christmas story is found in Luke chapter 2. Before we actually look at that chapter, the second chapter of Luke, there's some background that needs to be provided, and that would be in chapter 1. Could you share some of that for us, Cecilia? Sure. I'm going to read some of this, and I will summarize other parts of it. In the time Herod was king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah. He had a wife named Elizabeth. Both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. But they had no children, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well along in years. Once Zechariah was on duty, and he was serving as a priest before God. This wasn't as the high priest, the one-year thing, but uh, on his weekly service into the holy place. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. Moving to verse 16. Many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord, their God. Verse 18. Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. The angel answered, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent, unable to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words when they come true at their proper time. We start here with Zechariah and the announcement of the angel of the birth of John, who would be John the baptizer, for a couple reasons. First, Zachariah's response to see an angel. I mean, Cecilia, what would you think if you uh, felt the presence of a mighty being standing in front of you? Well, either A, I would be terrified, uh -huh. petrified, or B, if I knew it were an angel, I might be filled with great joy. I, I don't know. Yeah. Supernatural beings evoke big responses in our human beings. And God knows that. And he knows that if he showed up as a supernatural being, it would shock us to death, especially because of our sin. And so the angel coming to Zechariah demonstrates God had to do a different way. And that's why comes a little bit later, we'll see that in a segment later, the birth of God. Secondly, this sets the stage for actually chapter 3 of Luke, 
where Wait a minute, we're skipping chapter two. Yeah, yep, yep. It sets up the stage for chapter three, where John announces Jesus as the Messiah at his baptism. And you see, everybody knew this story of Zechariah because when he came out of the temple, he couldn't speak. Oh, that's right. His, because and he was uh, unfaith, uh, um, unfa- he didn't have faith. You might say his unbelief was silenced by silence. Yeah. And because he was the priest, everybody knew that. And he was supposed to, when he came out, give a blessing to everybody. That's what they do every week when they oh. do this. And there were lots of people around. They couldn't do it. So he, he gave signs and motions. If we'd read on, we'd find out that the people were notified. He saw an angel. Yeah, you Stopped me just as I was about to read. Yep, yep. <laughs> and uh, so the people knew about the birth of this boy. And they probably followed him. I don't know if they followed him like he was a superstar or maybe the black sheep of the family or something, but they knew about this John. And so when he came out baptizing and pointed to Jesus and said, this is the Lamb of God, that was a big, big thing. chapter 26. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. There are several key things that can be pointed out in these two verses alone. Mm-hmm. First, Nazareth. Nazareth was a small town in the middle of nowhere, in the northern region of Galilee, far from Jerusalem. Didn't one of the disciples even say, can any good come from Nazareth? Yes, they did. They didn't think much of that place, did they? No, no. Okay. And then there's Joseph, kind of the unsung hero of the Christmas story. Hmm. Joseph was a simple carpenter. Mm -hmm. He was a descendant of David. And he was probably about 25 years old. He was an honorable and righteous man, we know, Mm -hmm. from... uh, The Gospel of Matthew. Yes, thank you. And uh, he and Mary were betrothed. And a betrothal was much more important than a simple engagement of today. Didn't they do prearranged marriages back then? They did, though it's not as bad as some people might think. No, I don't want to marry her. It wasn't like that? (laughs) Not quite. Uh. Remember that uh, Nazareth was a very small town, Mm. and so everyone knew everyone else. And likely, 
Joseph and Mary had kind of given hints to their parents that uh, they wanted okay. to be together. So then the parents took up the the suggestions and worked it out with the other parents to make that happen. That did okay. happen because remember that a covenant of marriage was not just, uh, all right, we two are going to be together, but it was the whole family joining together. Now that is different from today. And that is part of the betrothal you were starting to say about. Okay, go on. So, then there's Mary. Mary was probably no older than 14 or 15. She had been brought up as a good, dutiful daughter and prepared to be a wife. She was a virgin. And we have to believe that she was strong in her faith because God could have chosen so many other people, but he chose Mary. Verse 28, the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. How can this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the one to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Hi, Mary. Joseph, have you thought about everything I told you? Yeah, I have. As you know, I'm very dedicated to everything God says about so marriage. And with the news that you are pregnant, though I love you, I just can't marry you. Can't marry me? No. But Joseph, I'm telling the truth. I'm pregnant. And they don't care whether I'm pregnant or not. You'd turn me over to the priest to be stoned to death anyway? No, I've thought it over, and I'll divorce you quietly. But why? 
Joseph, I am telling the truth. This child's not mine. You would abandon me? Joseph, this baby is the son of God. He needs you as a father. The child is not mine. Talk to the real father. Shema Israel, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Mary, Mary, uh, I need to talk with you. I've been thinking it over. And what can you say that you didn't say yesterday? I think you're right about this baby thing. Oh, I'm right now, am I? Um, yeah. Let me guess. The angel visited you, too. Um, yeah. And what did he say? First, he started by saying, don't be afraid. Oh, and were you afraid? Um, no. Oh, of course not. Uh, well, okay, I, I, I was. But he also went on that, I mean, that guy was really big and scary. But, but I wasn't afraid then. And he went on to say um, that everything you told me was true. Oh, and what's true? Th- that the, the baby in you is of God and doesn't have a human father. Mm-hmm. So? So what? So shall we? Shall we what? Um, get married right away? Oh, but Joseph, aren't you concerned about what people will think about us getting married so soon? More importantly is really uh, the baby and that we raise him together and not alone. Mm-hmm. And the angel even told me what his name is to be. Jesus. Jesus. Luke chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census which took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to be registered. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David 
because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. What child is this who lays to rest on Mary's lap sleeping? Whom angels greet with anthems sweet while shepherds Pastor Dave, when I think of the Christmas story, I'm ashamed to say, but I often mentally skim over the first three verses. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's take a look at who are these people, Caesar Augustus and Quirinius. It's really a good thing that Luke did this and gave us these, because he did so to make it a point in history. Because mm-hmm. these people are named, we can locate in history uh, pretty close to where it was. To more, where it was to, and to and when it was. To correct? when it was. I'm sorry, to when it was. And even more with that then is the setting. It's amazing, really. And it's a God thing, of course. Um, Caesar Augustus, this was a Roman emperor. Uh, it was a time of peace throughout the Roman uh, Empire, which stretched across most of the known world. There was an infrastructure of roads and soldiers, and yeah, they were harsh, but they implemented a peace so that travel, like Mary and Joseph did, could happen. Not as many bandits and Correct. Uh, uh, pirates Correct. and things like that. Judah had just been annexed into the Roman Empire, and Caesar did this taxation and census to find out who he had. And also to get his money. Well, of course, he's got to do that. And so these names are very important to us. And then even as Mary and Joseph came to Bethlehem, so we now come to Bethlehem. No insignificant place. I mean, King David was the greatest king of the Bible, um, next to Jesus, of course. And this was his birthplace. Yes, it was. And there was a prophecy from the book of Micah, uh, chapter 5, verse 2, and it said something like, But you, Bethlehem, who are by no means least among the clans of Judah, from out of you will come the Messiah. And so God used this census <laughs> to bring back the descendants of David. Both Joseph and Mary are both descendants. Both are descendants. To Bethlehem so that the rightful king could be born in this town of David. Holy. Bethlehem 
how still we see thee lie above thy deep and dreamless sleep the silent stars go by yet in thy dark street shineth the everlasting light the hopes and fears of all the years are met in And then we come to their accommodations. And uh, because of the census, there were so many people, and Mary may have very well been in the early stages of labor, but there just weren't accommodations for them. And so they were desperate and took what they could. It happened not to just be the inn, but the place where the animals were kept, probably in the back of the inn, maybe a cave, a stable. We're not exactly sure. Yeah. And too often, I think the innkeeper is made the bad guy, turning them away coldly. But for all we know, uh, the stable was the best accommodation he could offer. What I find amazing with this is that God coming to earth wasn't born in a palace, but born in the poorest, meanest of all places, and didn't even have a place for him. And so he was laid in a manger, a feeding trough for animals, wrapped up in, as it says, swaddling clothes. Now, swaddling clothes, that makes you think of something soft and and warm. and mm, Not at all. Mm. Babies back then didn't have uh, baby clothes quite like we have now, but the mothers would have been ready to wrap them in a blanket. These swaddling clothes are, are pieces of cloth that are ripped and torn, probably from an old pair of uh, a robe or an old pair of pants or whatever, and they just wrap the baby up in it because they have nothing, nothing at all. So we have Christmas, the food, the family, the friends, the fellowship. For others, the loneliness, the isolation, and the disappointment. And then there's the Christmas story. The Christmas story. The Christmas story. As we started, there's many people in the world, and this story hits everyone differently because they come from different points of view and life. When you look closely at it, though, there's some key elements. First was announced John, who would come to prepare the way, not just for the royalty, but for all. Was he out in the wilderness giving food and fellowship and fun? No, but a harsh story. Repent of your sin. Turn to God. Then comes the birth of Jesus. Really, I think the key 
emphasis for all people is really a verse we did not read yet from Matthew chapter 1 verse 18 it's the words that the angel spoke to Joseph and he shall be called Emmanuel God with us and that means God with you Jesus is for all people in all circumstances that's why he didn't come to the royal palace but came to the average person born in a manger. He comes to you and to me. He will come again. He came the first time, promised, and prepared by John the Baptizer. And so we look at Christmas every year so that you and I might be prepared for his second coming. And we know that even in between the two comings, God is with us. God God is is with with you. you. Pastor Dave, the post offices may be swamped right now, but thank God email's not. (laughs) No, it's not. And uh, you don't even have to put on a stamp. So please write to us. We'd love to hear from you. And that email address is? Info at not-alone.net. Once more, please. I-N-F-O at N-O-T-A-L-O-N-E dot net. Got one last question for you, though. What's that? What about the angels? What about the uh, the shepherds and and the the wise men and the stars? Uh-huh. Well, I'm afraid our friends will just have to come back next week. We'd love that. Do come back again to room forty two sixteen. Credits. Scene from A Charlie Brown Christmas. Carol of the Bells, John Williams. O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, The Piano Guys. Breath of Heaven, Amy Grant. O Little Town of Bethlehem, The Canadian Brass Ensemble. What Child Is This, Faith Hill. O Little Town of Bethlehem, Nat King Cole. What Child Is This, Lindsay Sterling.